welcome, 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 podcast listeners. You are here with your host, Mr. Budget Puddleshop. That is me, this guy. You are here joined by the one, the only, Mr. Matt Quine. Say hi, Matt. Hi, Matt. Hey! You are also joined this week by uh, a very special guest, uh, one of my personal great friends and one of our um, financial backers, a sugar daddy, if you will. <laughs> one of the uh, one of the patronizers, Mr. Adam Yeomans. What up? Hey, hey. So, uh, how are we all, gentlemen? Yeah, still here. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I've uh, not left my the town that I've lived in in like I don't know how long now at this point. Yeah, the um, this this global event. Uh, I think we were, we were talking about it on the last podcast as as being the quote-unquote Backstreet Boys reunion tour. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's dragging on, isn't it, a bit? Right. It is. It's like that feeling that you get at gigs after after you're about... I think it was about 22, 23 for me, where you get the... like you, Before that, you, you're at the gig, like, yeah, loving, loving life. After about 23, you stood there looking at your watch going... Oh, I've had enough live music now. <laughs> When's the last train home? That's it. Yes. You become you become a lot more sensible. It used to be like, oh, I've got to get front bar, I've got to get front bar. These days, it's like, yeah, I, I really, I really must get to bed. Yeah, well, that was, that was like when we went to the darkness, wasn't it? Yeah. It's like, oh, God, we'll just wander in whenever we can be asked, and That's we'll it. just stand wherever there's wherever there's a comfortable gap. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and there never is that there literally never no. is people stand far too fucking close i mean what are you trying to enjoy yourself or something here it's, yeah. it's, it's just not on back up that's it Need right. about personal space see it's it is 2020 personal space is definitely a thing yeah it's definitely trending isn't it <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh, it's on message for the world at the moment isn't it Maybe that's one good thing that will come come after all of this is that at gigs people will just give you a bit of space. Because absolutely not, it's going to go the other way. It's going to be even more sardines in a tin. What? Just because people have had no human contact, so they're going to crave it. The distance makes the heart grow fonder, don't it? I've, I've heard that. <laughs> so that's absent. When 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 people can now be next to each other, they're just going to rub up here for no reason. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that. Be that, all up in your jelly. I certainly won't be getting on any tube train in the next fucking six months. That that really sounds like the opposite of where we were heading with twenty twenty. That does like <laughs> rubbing up against people. Sounds like it's it's going to get you in all kinds of trouble. Um, but yeah, we'll do at the minute. <laughs> yeah, I, I I for one would uh, would welcome the human contact. So yeah. A lonely, lonely just the time. pub would be nice. Oh yes, I just don't mention the pub because I'll, I'll I'll end up sobbing live on a podcast, which is unbecoming of a man, isn't it? Is <laughs> I just yeah, I've 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 had the, the the gripe with with gigs ever since I was kind of mid twenties. I don't want someone's hairy, sweaty elbow in my face while I'm trying to enjoy a piece of music. <laughs> Yeah, 
I've I've noticed that the more recent gigs I've gone to, the further back I seem to stand. And that's it. And you you're looking around to see if there is a chair. Just it's <laughs> <laughs> never a chair. Before long, you'd be just stood outside listening to the music through the walls. And that's it. Yeah, this <laughs> is lovely good bit enough. of fresh air. <laughs> that's it. We're, I mean, we went to see um, Walter Trout not so long back, didn't we? And that was that was a perfect gig because everyone was, had a seat. Was, the sound was excellent. Yeah, it was like an upper class gig, wasn't it? It, it was, was like, yeah. you know, in the symphony hall, just, just everyone's got their own bit of personal space. That's sound it. was excellent. Oh, no, sorry. It was, it was in the Birmingham Town Hall, wasn't it? It was, which is pretty much the same thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty, pretty, uh, pretty classy. And it, that was, that, I tell you what, that was probably my favourite gig, or one of my favourite gigs I've ever been to. Yeah, yeah. It was, and like with Dan Padlansky as well. Dan Padlansky is an absolute monster of a guitarist. He is indeed, yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you turned me on to some of his stuff, and that guy, I mean, he's he's one of those guys who, you, if you knew him in person, you'd probably want to punch him, because he can play <laughs> really fucking well, and he can sing <laughs> really well. Yeah. It's like, oh, you bastard. I really yeah, so hope you've got a tiny dick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because he's a really handsome guy as well. So you're just like, like absolute, tri- absolute triple threat. Yeah, well, that's it. And he sounds like a mob, mob gangster, because he's South African. They just all, all they reminds me of is District Nine. Oh, District Nine <laughs> is hilarious. I, I, it weren't oh, meant to be a comedy, but I, <laughs> I, I found it brilliant. Yeah. So that's the only problem when I listen to D- Dampet Landskin interviews. All I remember is fucking prawns. Oh. And that's it. That's that's all he ever says. <laughs> <laughs> fucking prawns. Fucking. But, but as oh, a guitar, I mean, he is he is an absolutely amazing guitarist. Is, yeah. And what. What I really loved about that gig is at the very, very beginning of the gig, he walked on stage, deadly silent, and he just, he, I think it was probably like a treble boost or a game, like a range master or something, and he was deadly quiet, he hit it, and he just went, Drah! and just like this absolute dirty hum, didn't care, and just started busting out some absolute badass tunes. Yeah, yeah. None of this, oh, I've got a bit of power supply noise, and I've, I've got a bit of this. It was like, yeah. I've got single coils, I've got a load of gain, loud as hell, making a load of noise, so fucking what, and he, just crack was, on with my playing. Yeah, he definitely took his uh, took his cues from the old school, didn't he? Yeah, you could, you could, that's the right way to do it. You could hear, like, the, the of the, just like, mad, because it, it must have been a treble booster, because it was just yeah, like I that, think, that, that mad so, yeah. gain stage, where you could hear the gain stage. And he were, he did not give two shits. He was like, "This is the sound. This is what you're yeah. gonna get." Well, it's the it's the ultimate sound, isn't it? Yeah. Really loud tweed, strat neck pickup, and a treble booster. Yeah. That is that is the 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 tone. I mean, you, especially for like power blues. Power blue, yeah. You've been getting on with that sound a bit uh, a bit more recently, haven't you, Matt? Like the uh, the the strat neck pickup. Yeah. I, the more I sort of play with strat neck pickups like um messing around with the variax today um not with the battery in for the most part but uh, yeah and that's obviously hss strat um mostly on the neck pickup mostly just playing ilmore licks and that kind of stuff and then kicking the gain up a little bit and playing a bit of hendrixy stuff and just 
realizing that maybe the strat is maybe I need a strat a proper strat in my life. You absolutely well, you know what do. they say. Once you go strat. Well, you see, I, I, I was the other. I started on strats and moved away from strats and kind of covered a Les Paul for the longest time. And I've got the Les Paul, and I've got that now. And I need another thing to need. So I think the, the thing to need is a strat. There was um... what type of strat do you want? <laughs> he's, he's getting his fucking overcoat out now. What, what do you want? I've, I've got what you need. Yeah, like I, I, I need to. Th- think long and hard about a strat because I, I, the one thing I hate about strats is the bridge. I don't care if you, even if you glue the fucking, put five strings in there, tighten them as tight as you can and just weld that bridge to the body of the guitar, it still makes me uncomfortable that there's a tremolo system in a strat. I think the, I, somebody needs to make a decent high end strat that doesn't have a stupid tremolo system in it. Well, I well I do my all my straps, all five of them. They've um, I've blocked them so they've got the five springs in wound up tight, and then I've actually got a wooden block between the trem block and the body. So there ain't no way that thing's moving. It's still missing a huge chunk of wood that should be there. It's not because I just put it back in. <laughs> you just wedged the wood back. Yeah. <laughs> As, as, uh, some of the Clapton strats are hardtail, aren't they? Yeah, Clapton, yeah. They've got that's a trem decked. system that's blocked usually because that's how he did his with Blackie and Brownie. He blocked them himself. Mm. Yeah, like that's, like, that's the only thing that puts me off buying a strat is the best, the best bridge is a tunematic and you don't get strats with a tunematic. Well, oh, we can get tellies with a tunematic. You can, and I, I cover one of them all of the time. Yeah. <laughs> the, I mean, if you want a strat, like a strat setup with a tunematic bridge, the uh, the Ibanez Fireman is exactly that. Yeah, but they look weird. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, they they do look unorthodox, and what. To be fair, they don't sound very stratty as well. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird. It is a weird sounding guitar, isn't it? Yeah. It's a very, very nice sounding guitar. But it, I mean, well, I think you've taken what what pickups you got in that now because oh, they yeah. don't. They come with injector, Dimarzio injectors. They do they, come right? with Dimarzio injectors, and <clears throat> um, which sounded absolutely fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they weren't made by Fletch, so we got them replaced. <laughs> yeah. The the problem I had with that is uh, because they were stacked singles, they hummed too little. Um, so yeah. I obviously needed them Didn't to hum sound a little. Very organic. That's it. Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was the 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 kind of argument that a lot of people have against um, against stacked singles, or uh, or even they they say it about the lace sensors, and I've never got it. That where they just go, oh, it's sterile. Um, but that's the exact flavour that I was getting from. Uh, from the injectors, they sounded yeah. like you said. They sounded fine. They 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 were they were okay. If they're good enough for Paul Gilbert. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure they're good enough for you. <laughs> but in my defence, Paul Gilbert is deaf as a post. Uh, <laughs> well, <yeah>. so, <laughs> he so, can't hear what his guitar sounds like. So that's it. Yeah, like his guitar is is uh, uh, 
fucking 11 on the volume and he can't, he's, he's struggling to hear it. My my ears are slightly more discerning than that. Dare I, dare I even say that, but they are. Um, and it's, like, it sounded fine. Um, like you say, the, the, the fireman is a weird one because it's, by all other accounts, it's it's a, a Gibson. It's like mahogany body, mahogany neck. Uh, short chunky sp- ass mahogany neck. Yeah, real big chunky mahogany neck. Shorter scale length and a tunematic bridge. So like, by all accounts, it is a Gibson. It's It's got that big, fat, rich mid-range. See, you- what I want is halfway between that and a Strat. I want Strat, like wood like the the actual wood itself to be you know like a, a an ash body or yeah, whatever yeah. something along those lines maple neck with a rosewood board on it but i want it to be a chunky neck and i yeah. want it to have the tunematic bridge and but the problem is that's what i think i'd want but nobody makes it, so I don't know what that sounds like. Yeah. And I look, don't want a custom order something like that, only to find that it doesn't quite sound enough like a Strat, and actually I'm just going to have to live with it and get a proper Strat, and then be two grand in the hole with a custom-made guitar that nobody else wants to buy off me. <laughs> that That is the problem. Uh, so I'm in limbo at the moment. I need to win the lottery so I can afford to throw two grand on a guitar that I might not like, even though I think I like it. Yeah. Um... <laughs> That yeah, I think because the the issue with the fireman is that it is it's it's a Gibson with single coils, so it doesn't sound massively straight. It sounds really rocky. So if you try and do kind of stratty stuff with it, it doesn't quite translate that well. Which is why I got Fletch to wind uh, wind some kind of really really um, really kind of Texasy. Uh, blues uh, pickups that were a bit brighter to kind of offset it, and it does sound fantastic. Um, and it's just it, it makes people just look at you and go, "What the fuck?" Because <laughs> it's like by all by all accounts, it is a strat. It's got three single calls. It's got a five way pickup selector. It's got it's it's only got two controls. It's got a volume and a tone. Um. But like you, with that you're doing mostly strat stuff, but it sounds big, thick, and chunky. Um, so it's it's a it's an odd one. I think you probably will need a uh, a strat if you if you look if you if you're loving the sound of a strat. Probably just need a strat, don't yeah. I? Yeah, yeah. Block off the trim, or in fact, in the seventies. I know this isn't going to help you because you're thinking, oh, I don't want to spend two grand on a custom guitar. A 70s strap, Matt. <laughs> They'll come cheap. Yeah. Uh, they did do uh, they did do hardtail strats, like top loader Yeah. Um, hardtail Some, strats. Somebody's got a, not a custom, a signature model. Is and I can't remember who it is because it's somebody I've never heard of, and he's a semi-famous guitarist from the olden days. It's the only thing I remember. <laughs> so uh, you know, he falls into the Robert bracket Cray, of about eight thousand people. Because I'm sure Robert Cray's uh, strat is strange. Maybe. I don't know. I I genuinely can't remember. It's so long since I've seen it. But yeah, yeah, there is. But like, I think. What I just need to do is just suck it up and get a proper strat. Or it doesn't even have to be a proper strat. Don't 
uh, Squire do a hardtail strat? But it's the bullet which is like the cheapest of the cheap. I knew they did one, but I couldn't remember which which model it was. I mean, you could take you could take the body from the bullet and maybe get like a classic vibe neck or something. <laughs> kit it out, which is, like kitting out a strat doesn't really cost a great deal. You're probably talking like two two hundred and fifty quid's worth of modifications there. Yeah, but you you see the thing that I need that I would do with a strat is I'd already throw an extra hundred and fifty quid in because I'd want the Clapton mid boost circuit in it as well. Oh yeah, cool. Um, because like if I'm having a strat, I want the strat that I like the most, which is the Clapton. Strat. So I when, uh, we we talk about Steve when I went down to see him. I can't remember if it was last year or the year before. Now time means nothing anymore in this kind of yeah. This world we are on the ninety third day of. Uh, are we still on April? I I I, I can't remember. The yeah. last the last time I left my town, it was probably March, probably <laughs> ish. But yeah, like uh, so the the sound that I like the most out of a, any strat I've ever heard was a, a Clapton signature model. Um, with the mid boost, and I wasn't having the mid boost in the the knots position, which is kind of neutral. Yeah, it was all I was always moving always that to get get either a cut or a the boost. Yeah. I can't remember. I can't remember which. I can't remember whether it's reversed or not. But I I always had it not set in in the standard position, so I'd want to have that anyway. Just maybe you could get close enough to that by just having a tube screamer on all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just. I'm now just sounding ideas in my head, and just like, yeah, maybe if I if I have a strat, I'll just have a tube screamer on all of the time. Uh, I could build you a tube screamer <laughs> to that put would f- into the guitar. That, yeah, that would fit underneath the scratch plate of a strat. <laughs> that you could have like as your as your second tone control. It's just <laughs> yeah. Bad. Just engage. Just take apart a uh, a green moil. And just just have the uh, just have the internals inside. Switching all like yeah, like foot switch. Like so you have to smack the crap out of your guitar to get it to turn off. That's it. Well, I run wireless. How am I going to power it? It would be battery powered. Yeah, well. yeah. Battery You'd have a battery power, yeah. battery snap. But the, the Clapton mid boosts uh, active yeah, as well, ba- isn't it? It is. Yeah. So it'd be exactly the same. We'd need to root a, a giant square out the back of your um, guitar fitter. Be like, like all guitars from the two thousands, where they've got those little battery clips on the back. I mean, I've got the the Variax with the battery clip on there, so I'm used to it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the back of a Variax is an absolute mess, isn't it? <laughs> oh. It's absolutely is. It's all over the place. Yeah, like yeah. Four holes, three holes in it, but giant holes. Yeah, they are really big because you've got the you've got the. The section where part of the motherboard goes in, and then you've got the like the battery clip part, yeah. and then of course being a being a Strat style guitar as well, you've got the the trem cover on the yeah, back, and and then there's a shitload. It's basically completely swimming pooled under the scratch plate as well. That's probably why it's quite a nice guitar. It's semi hollow, isn't it? Pretty much is, yeah. <laughs> Never I thought, thought it was three three five tones really well. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that real, yeah, that real BB King tone from my uh, what is essentially a, a Pacifica Strat. Like, interesting. But yours sounds lovely, doesn't it? Your black one. It does. It really does. Like, because I've taken it to our practices quite a lot, mm. and 
Um, it depends how how arsed I can be as to whether I've charged the Variax uh, technology. Because <laughs> um, I've I've spent pretty much, I'd say, somewhere in the region of six months with that just not charged. Because mm. the guitar itself sounds so good just on its own. Um, the the pickups in the in the um, the standard, uh, the the a relatively bright uh, strap pickup, so they're they're re- a real good contrast to the uh, the Squire with the Tex Mexes in because they're quite dark sounding. Um, so I like if I want to go go for a beefier tone, I go for the uh, the Squire, and if I want like more more direct and punchy and, and like stuff like funk I'll go for the Variax uh, that being said I used that for the uh, the demo I did of Stuart's Raise the Dead didn't I? <laughs> yeah but the Raise the Dead will make anything sound like a raucous rock machine it, yeah and it, it worked yeah and again like whenever you see the Variax in videos it will be it will be using just the standard mag pickups I very, very rarely use the uh, Variax technique. However, that being said, with a little bit of time on my hands this week, um, that is exactly what I did. Um, so I, I charged up the uh, the Variax battery, and I, I, so I set my mind to, and this was based on every time I mentioned the uh, the Variax in the little group chat that I've got with a couple of lads, uh, Stuart Tate. Do a Tate of Tate effects. Um, he he always puts the uh, the gif of Jeff Goldblum looking at the giant t- Triceratops shit. <laughs> uh, he's a very subtle man. He's our Stuart. Um, so I, I had it in my mind. I'll 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 go out there to to like to win him over with these Variax tones because they are wicked. Um, and I spent. I like I set two two nights aside last week, uh, to like do a couple of a uh, couple of videos of the Variax tones where I just like play some ve- like copyright infringement adjacent um, <laughs> riffs like like um so, like Sultans of Swing kind of in the vein of. Uh, strap tones or like some Gilmore-esque strap tones and then like some Jimmy Page Les Paul tones or whatever and so I set I set my mind to to recording a couple of these things to I'll throw them up on Instagram but then I'll tag Stuart in them and just go like see see <laughs> um, and I spent both of those nights just playing the guitar you didn't bother with the recording at all. No, just, uh, just got lost in the sounds. It's it's exactly that. And what really surprised me is I got lost in the Les Paul sounds more than anything. Like Get that, because I like I I am single coil through and through, pretty much. It's it's a known entity at this point that even even when I go for humbuckers, it's not a humbucker. I go for a P ninety. <laughs> Because yeah. it's a single coil, I feel like I'm still still repping the singles. Um, but I mean, I, I went through, I went through the telly sounds, I went through the strat sounds. I played played them all a couple 
couple of times over. Um, but then I ended up going back to the back to the Les Paul. I was going through like a relatively low drive sound. And the good thing about the Les Paul is that it's higher output. So when you go on the Les Paul, it gives it gives you you gain a little bit of a boost, uh, and it gives you a little bit of a, a volume boost as well, which helps when something is louder. It sounds better. Um, Who'd have thought? I know. Yeah, it's, it's a w- weird tone science <laughs> that is, isn't it? Um, but yeah, I found myself going to the Les Paul and literally like playing just playing Les Paul jams absolute Les Paul jams I suppose it's quite difficult I've never played one but I suppose it's quite good having Les Paul sounds but still feels like you're playing a strap so it doesn't kind of confine you to just playing stuff that you would play on a Les Paul if that makes any sense yeah 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 I think we talked about it before that certain necks make you feel like make you play in a certain way, and if if I was playing on my actual Les Paul, um, I would have been playing like playing heavy chunky riffs pretty much the whole time because that that neck feels that way. It feels like you've got to play play. It the makes big... you play a lot, a lot more choppy and yeah. It, it's basically like a big riff machine, um. Which is part of the reason why I'll probably stick to single coils a little bit more these days because I do a lot more of the kind of floaty, chordy, melody, uh, almost kind of Hendrix-inspired kind of chord stuff. Um, and although you can do that on a Les Paul, it just sounds and feels right when you're doing it with single coils. Um, especially strats, which is something that I've been... Uh, something that I've been doing more and more recently. Um, the tellies haven't been dusted off as much, which is unfortunate. Uh, but yeah, I told you you'd become a strapman again. You did. It come. It does come in. Come in waves, doesn't it? And it's a, it's unfortunate that that's now the case because I got rid of that really awesome. Uh, lot those a pair of uh, strats that I had. I had the. The kitchen, which was like it was a fifties, uh, made in Mexico, and it made in Mexico fifties strat, which had like a really weird wiring set, set up on it, uh, and that that white white nineties, all that Olympic white, yeah, 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 that was lovely. That was that was really nice. It was. Uh, problem I had with it is it had no frets because it was a, it was a nineties strat that I bought second hand and the person before it had played it, it played the absolute shit out of it. So by the time I got it, there was there was very little fret left. And I'm, but it felt wonderful under your hand. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I, it, it was my main gig guitar for a good three years. Uh, but it it was coming to a point where I knew that I had to get it refretted, and I knew that that'd be an like a at least like 170 quid outlay. So it's just like, I need to get rid of some guitars anyway. I'll move it on. And I shouldn't have done it. Um, But you've been playing with the Variac stuff this week, haven't you, Matt? Yeah, for for my sins. (laughs) Because I I probably, I've, I've owned the guitar, I reckon, since July 2018. 
and probably since about September 2018, I've been saying I should plug it into the computer and change a few of the settings and create a custom bank that's easy to use. And yeah. we've talked about it myriad times on the podcast. So I thought, right, this week I'll, I'll finally sit down. I've got nothing better to do with my day. I'll work out what to do. So I get the little box thingy that came with it because I've, I've got one of the old style ones. So you need a USB-B goes into the back of that and then you get your telephone wire that goes from that to the guitar <laughs> the telephone wire what it is ethernet cable whatever you want to call it cat six yeah. cat five cat seven whatever you want to call it it's like but nowhere because I, I don't i don't have a, the manual because i'm a bloke the manual is wherever it where wherever it was when i bought it um, i've moved house twice since then so god knows where that went yeah it's probably um, in house one <laughs> Like you'd think it would be fairly self-explanatory. You plug this thing in to the guitar and your computer, and they talk to each other. It's not the case. Oh no, 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 no! <laughs> Let me so, stop you there, Matt. <laughs> that is a fool's way of thinking. But that would be the logical thing. So no, it didn't work. So I was like, right, go on to Line Six's website and search for Variac software. Nothing. Not a single hit. All of them were external hits. And I'm like, right, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Google, what is the Variac software for a Line 6 JTV? Find out the name of that. Search that on the Line 6 website. Nada. Nothing Still again, nothing. Yeah. And then, like, go onto a forum where somebody's got a direct link to it. Click that. Link expired. It's like, fucking hell. <laughs> got there eventually. Finally got the software. You have to put download two bits of software. One of them is to edit the Variax, and one of them is to update the Variax. Because the first thing yeah. I did was just download the editor, and it said that it couldn't talk to my Variax because I downloaded the latest version of the editor, and my guitar wasn't updated. And the, the editor of the Variax doesn't update the Variax. You need a separate piece of software. Yeah, the what? Line 6 Monkey or something, can <laughs> it? Yeah, so you have to download Monkey. So you, what's the other one called? What's the, the actual the workbench. Called? Workbench, there you go. So yeah. the Workbench doesn't update the guitar. You need a separate piece of software to update the guitar so you can then use the Workbench, which is stupid. Like, I've, I've praised this guitar over and over and over and over again, and here is my rant about how fucking stupid Line yeah, 6 are. Matt rant. I fucking, Woo. like, I spent... Two and a half hours before I could even start trying to do any editing on the on the guitar itself. Get get to the point where I've right, I've downloaded this monkey thing, I've updated the guitar, which failed the first time because the guitar switched itself off because I wasn't playing it. I also hadn't got to the point of like I forgot to mention that when I first plugged it in, they wouldn't talk to each other because at no point did anybody told me that I had to have a jack plug in the guitar to make the guitar the full circuit so that it would switch itself on and talk to because the the Ethernet port, although you can run the Ethernet port into a Helix and play the guitar, that's not enough. You have to have a jack socket in there, a jack in the socket to turn the guitar on. So even though it will send audio signals out through the ethernet that's not enough to switch the guitar on so couldn't work that out had to talk to you to try and work that out <laughs> got the got it talking eventually then i got it updated turned itself off the first time i was updating because i wasn't playing it because i was updating it but it's just it, it, that was doing my nut in and then i finally get into the editing software and i can't work out how to change any like so you've got custom one, and then you've got like Telly or T Style, Spank, which is Strat, Lester, which is Les Paul, and all all of these things. I couldn't yeah. work out how to go between 
the different ones because you can actually change some of the settings without having the guitar plugged in and then just upload it to the guitar yeah the yeah. only way to change between those banks by plugging the guitar in and twisting the knob that changes the banks on the guitar that's the only way to change them on the software yeah it, what yeah, is that you, it, it allows you to look at them you can look at the names of them, you can change the names of them, yeah. but you can't change any of the settings without plugging the guitar in and then twisting the physical knob to change between custom and te- telly and strat yeah. and les paul and 334, which was just frustrating in, in and of itself. But I got to the point where, right, I think I know what I'm doing. So I got to custom one and I was like, right, I want les paul in the bridge, bridge position, telly in the next position, next position, I want then... My Cabernita kind of sounds, so I put a telebody, uh, Filtertron style pickup in the bridge, and was like, yeah, that's what I want there. And then I wanted a 12-string and a 6-string acoustic on the front too, because those are the sounds that I change between in mid-song. So I use a 12-string and 6-string acoustics for Wish You Were Here, um, so I need to be able to change to them. So if one of those, is the 12-string is on position two and position one is a six string can do it really quickly because the only time i need to do the fast change is 12 to six so that's fine and the the other change i do quite regularly is telly to les paul um so i needed to be able to do that and if they've got, got telly in four and les paul on five just literally just hit it. it it doesn't have to be an accurate thing i just knock it and it goes from one to the other yeah. that's what i wanted and for the life of me, like I, I set it all up, and every time I changed anything on one of the patches to start with, every single patch changed. So I changed the body from a Les Paul to a Telly. I have not all of them, so my acoustics then had Telly bodies, and I was like, oh, God's sake, what have I done here? And there's, there's, there's some, some button somewhere, which I still don't know where it is, that makes every change that you make global on that bank <laughs> and that you've got that pressed in somewhere <laughs> and, I'd, and I'd press that and I managed to unpress it I still don't know where it is but I managed to unpress it but yeah so like that was a cost and at one point I had all of the pickups so I had a telly pickup a humbucker like a Les Paul humbucker and a Filtertron all stacked on top of each other yeah. on the guitar <laughs> just I don't know how and like they were all on and I'd I'd made that across all of the banks as well. And it's just it's not intuitive at all. Software is abysmal. I finally got to a point where I thought it's it seems like it looks it now looks like what I want in every position. The same setting that was on the Les Paul bank is on position five. The same setting that I wanted from the telebank was in position four. The same settings from the acoustic banks were in one and two, and I'd created my own custom Cabernet. So I thought, fine, I'll go away and test it. Um, I'd had it plugged in so long that the battery had died, so I couldn't then go and test it. So I had to plug it, <laughs> to charge the battery again, which meant it was going to be the following day because I couldn't be asked by this point. Plugged it in the following day, and the volumes are so different compared to everything else that it was completely unusable bank of things. So I just ended up playing with the standard, like the presets that had already come in it. And at some point, I'll plug it back in again when I can muster up the, the willpower to work like spend three hours trying to create what should have been a five-minute job with any decent software. I mean, yeah. So, <laughs> the fact... I mean, you've got 
a telly pickup, you've got a a Les Paul pickup, and a Cabernet pickup. All three of those, if if you had those in real life, have got different outputs. Like yeah. the Cabernet and the Tele Bridge pickup might be quite similar because um, Filtertrons, even though they're Booker sized, yeah, they're, they're very low output. Yeah, they're really really low. They've got big fat magnets, but they're low winds. Yeah, um, yeah. Fletch Fletch um, described it to me once. Um, and I I paid attention as much as I could. Um, really understand that. And if the volumes had been the same on the telebank on the presets to yeah. what was in the custom bank, I, I would I would understand that. But it's not so. The the Les Paul sound is quieter than the Telecaster sound on the bank that I've created, and I yep. don't know how because it's supposed to be a higher output because yeah. it's a Les Paul. But that's quieter than the sound, so it's not the fact that the the values are there. Somehow, I've changed the the because you can change the volume, can't you? You can add and decrease decibels yeah, yeah. to, and somehow without probably without when red. I had that global setting on, I've changed all of that. Not knowing what I was doing, like I say, I made everything a twelve string at one point. So <laughs> probably in in my panic of trying to undo that, I've changed some of the values of capacitors and and whatever and just basically rendered the whole thing pointless and it needs to start I need to start again from scratch basically yeah the annoying thing about it all is how clever the guys are that have developed this software and developed the guitar <laughs> it wouldn't have been difficult for them to make a software that's just easy to use yeah and the, the other thing you plug the guitar in and just go I want Alice Paul in that position. Or there's no copy paste. If I could have just gone, there is a copy, copy paste function, but it's 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 very much not intuitive. Well, it, it, I couldn't find, and like I, like I was saying to you guys, there's yeah. none of this is explained on the website. I literally, I was on their website, I was on their own internal forums, and literally everybody said, "Go to YouTube, search it, and hope somebody's done a video on it." Yeah, and that. It's just it's because nothing is self-explanatory, nothing is intuitive. And if I could have just gone, right, I want position five from the Les Paul bank copied to position five custom one, position five from the Telebank copied to like position two, position four, the two acoustic models that I want to one and two, and then customly created my own Cabernet here because that's the only sound that's not actually in there already that you can make yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, there's there's no way to do, there's no there's seemingly no way to do that. I um I've custom made some some really really strange. I was mentioning about just before the cast how I've done like a um a guitar where the the, the standard tuning for that guitar is an, an entire octave down on all of the strings so that I can track bass kind of roughly. <laughs> um. I've also made a Brian May patch. Um, with, I think we've, we, yeah, that. we've talked about this. I, yeah, I completely wiped out all of the uh, the Rickenbackers because who needs a Rickenbacker? Uh, <laughs> and actually, use the Rickenbacker live. I so I couldn't yeah. do that, but like, uh, there's two custom banks on there, which is plenty for me at the moment, anyway. Yeah, I, I can't even remember what I've got on the first custom bank, but so I took I took out all of the uh, the Rickenbackers, and I've essentially created myself the Brian May mode where it's got like it's the body of the Dan Electro because it's 
it's quite similar to the Red Special, where it's kind of chambered, but not a semi-hollow. Um, it's a, a, a chambered guitar. And then I've got essentially got like your, your three strap pickups for it. Um, I set the, uh, the, the tone control and the tone capacitors for them to make them sound a bit more mid-pushed as well, because um, Brian May's tone is quite... Uh, it's not... It, it's it's a bit like the, uh, the Fireman in the fact that it's quite a rocky single-coil tone. Um, and then I've got... It's something like Bridge, then Bridge and Neck in phase, Bridge and Neck out of phase, Neck and Middle, and then Neck... Something like that. So you've you've got like a whole a whole array of Brian May's tones. Uh, I mean, obviously you can't get them all because he's got the individual switching options as well as individual phase switching options as well. Yeah, so he's got on and off for all of the pickups and in yeah. phase and out of phase. You can like turn them like yeah, yeah. So he's essentially got. I can't even do the maths on how many uh, how many pickup selections. He's got a series in parallel as well, hasn't he? So he's got fucking everything. Like it, it's just the in, in and out of phase. Is it just oh, in and yeah. out of phase, is it? Yeah, because he's got he's got six switches and a volume and a tone control global. Uh, so, like, there's there's enough in there for it to be because it it's not quite as simple to work out mathematically as like three times the three because. Some of the positions are the same. Repeater, yeah. Um, Look at it. Yeah. It's compound shit in it, so. Yeah. I, I, if I sat down, I could work it out, but it doesn't yeah. make for a very good... If I'm sat here scribbling on a piece of paper, it doesn't make for a very good podcast, does it? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, answers on a postcard, um, listeners. If, you, if you've got a, a clue how to work that out, for sure. I'm going to guess uh, 12, but... Yeah. More th- I'm going to say more than five... Because that, because it's it's more than the blade switch will allow. I could probably span it across two, um, two different uh, thingies, uh, banks, and get enough to get by. Uh, I I I changed the um, the the one of the other banks as well because the, the one of the other banks is um, in the acoustic. I think you had. Uh, got uh, acoustic well, and rezo rezo yeah sorry rezo was like you had like three dobros yeah no, and then two the, dobros a banjo a sitar and something else yeah i thought uh, yeah because there's a tricone isn't there and there's yeah. the single single rezo i can't yeah yeah um, they, I, the, the rezo i i use for when i want to dick around with a sitar yeah, oh, <laughs> something that I did record, which is really fucking funny. Um, yeah, so the, here's me in my quest to like prove that the tones of the Variax are, are like super legit, and then I end up doing like the the first kind of guitar break in uh, I believe in a thing called love uh, in harmony on the sitar. <laughs> so excellent, yeah. It sounds... Are you going to say you ran the sitar into the Raise the Dead or something? Uh, no, I, I was running it into a dirty channel, so, I mean... And it, it's the sitar mode, because it's, it's based on the uh, Coral sitar, which was uh, a, a Dano thing again, I think. It was, it's either like 
Dan, Dan Electra or like Silvertone or something, where it was like this electric, uh, electric sitar. And it's got the weird kind of really piercing harmonic overtones that you get with the, uh, get on the string. And if you put drive onto that, it's, it's really, really grating. <laughs> it overloads, uh, it overloads the preamps in your, um, in um, <laughs> in your interface quickly, like you could be like kind of halfway up on your um, on your normal uh, like resonant peaks, and then you put the uh, <laughs> put the sitar mode, mode on, and you, you you're overloading your channel. It's it's a difficult one. Um, what have we got to talk about? Because we are like. <laughs> 40 odd minutes into a podcast here. We are 40 odd minutes in. I did just run um, for 15 minutes I mean, about Line 6 software. We have, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I do apologise, listeners. Like, every so often, we do put 50p in the dickheads. Uh, <laughs> and, and we talk about the, the Variax. Um, but I, I will endeavour to try and get some of the... Um, to get some of the the um, video clips about it because hopefully that will get some of you understanding why me and Matt are such fanboys of this stuff because it sounds like you'd be hard pressed and like I say I I planned on doing uh, doing a video two nights last week and ended up spending that entire time just playing the guitar so well, that in I, t- a- I tell you what we'll do before the next cast not maybe not before the live cast but before the next one of the non-live cast which is two weeks because i'll just do a tiny bit more of what i've been up to which is setting up an audio interface so i can record onto a computer yeah yeah so what i'll do as well is i'll do some of my favorite sounds and send you across an audio file and a video file so that you can like you can do your sounds. I'll do my favourite sounds from it, and maybe can, try and get that into one video. Yeah, we could do like a sound off. Have it. And, yeah, yeah. Or like my most used sounds or whatever. I'm not fucking around with the sounds before I do it because otherwise I'll just break it. I'm, That's I'm it. pretty sure at some point I'll probably end up turning the entire guitar into a twelve string. <laughs> and <laughs> basically, I mean, I'm just going to throw the battery away and use it as a. HSS strat. It, it is possible. You can wipe all of the channels. So um, notice that the, the one the one really good feature yeah. um, about the software is there's a reset factory default. That's it. And it's yeah. really easy to find. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, yeah. I pressed that. The first thing I did was just that. Undo all your fuck ups. You're like, yeah. Come on. Yeah. Start again. Yeah. Um, I'll have to send you some patches for it, actually. I'll send you the. Uh, the Brian May patch because it might be might be quite funny. Um, I'll send you my strat as well because I've messed about with that. I've messed about with the uh, the the values of the pots and the uh, the caps. So it's like a really mid honky strat, but it sounds it sounds quite good and it sounds really different to the uh, the single coils in this. So it's, I'll I'll send you some stuff. Uh, hope for if I can figure out how to do that. <laughs> Search it on YouTube, mate. That's it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you, you, so you've you've done a little bit of uh, audio interface recording. 
you've been going directing, haven't you? And you, yeah. So you've had to go at the wall of sound uh, stuff, and you've actually got to hear it now, haven't you? Yeah. So like the with the way that Reaper works, you can't. I wanted to be able to take the input from a focus right and it, and for output to the desktop, so that I can just listen to it through the headphones through the computer because that's got stereo out whereas the front of the focus right is mono and then the back of it has got two like i can't even remember what type of connectors it's basically for monitor it like proper monitors yeah the have. phonos is it okay. yeah they are that's it phono um so i bought the adapters for both the phono and for the mono to like to stereo headphones mm. mono stereo headphones just annoys me because you only get one side and the the output from the phono to stereo headphones is god awful. I don't know whether it's because I bought a cheap adapter or what, but I have to run the if I push the monitoring any more than halfway, yeah, uh, it clips. So I have to have the it very low, which makes it very difficult to record multiple things on top of each other because you've only got very quietly in the background your click track or your like your initial track yeah so like i've got to have my my earphones completely over my ears turn the volume right down when i'm recording on the channel that i want to record on and then push it back up again to listen to what it sounds like later and actually if i want to hear it properly i have to render it to an mp3 and then play it through a different thing to hear exactly what it's properly sounds like just because it's a pain in the backside but i've got it working i've got it to a point where i can i can actually record and monitor at the same time, which I hadn't been able to do until this week. Yeah. And uh you've been you've been using Wall of Sound, haven't you? So Yeah, you- so I I stole your copy of how you do your Wall of Sound because I it, like I say, I was having these issues with, with the interface and just wanted to be able to to listen to it. Um I've since tweaked with it a little bit, so I've set mine up slightly different to yours. Yeah. Um, I do. I do. You don't have the power ramp on. I quite like to have the power ramp on. I don't have it on that much. I'm not like pushing the ass off it, but I think it just adds a little bit more to yeah. You dynamics can get, get a it to bit. add saturation, but I found it also added a bit, bit of top end, which yeah, but you can, you can you can sort that out. And um, I've been using a JSA Tiny Toddy as a preamp going in. Um, which my version is the old version before we put the 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 tone yeah, stages on the outside. Yeah, because he's he's now got like the four four pot version, hasn't he? The knob, yeah, and mine is three pots. Two of them are inside internal trim pots. Yeah. Um. So my volume and tone are on the inside. So I've literally had the pedal open on my desk and just been ever so slightly tweaking with the tone and volume to kind of get it to a level where I'm happy, which I've got now. And then I've literally sharpied on the two places that I think would be good for a clean sound and a rhythm sound. Um, and I've just sharpied tiny little dots for the chicken head to point at. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't have to try and remember like dial it in every time I can literally go right yeah. there, clean there, drive. And to be fair, like you sent me a, a like a really quick um, MP3 of, of that in action today. And it sounded wicked. Like I thought it would, it would be because it because it's like generally based around the Timmy. I thought the there's a lot of um, a lot of EQ shaping with that, and it's generally quite transparent. 
So if if any drive pedal is going to be quote unquote amp like, it's gonna it's gonna be that one. And I thought it'll do a decent enough job, but actually, it's it's gone above and beyond like the oh it'll do. Yeah, I think the only thing that that makes me think I'll probably end up using something else long term is like I'd, I'd like to have some form of EQ if I'm running other pedals into it because I think. I'd want to, to like with this. I'm going to have to open it up and change the tone when I'm running other things into it because yeah. you generally change the tone on it. Like I run an AC15, so I have a tone cut knob, and I, t- I tend to move that if I'm changing my drive pedals. Yeah, yeah. So like that's the only thing that's going to be a pain in the ass about using that long term. Otherwise, I would literally put some 3M on the bottom of it, put some 3M on the top of the uh, focus right, and just mount it there and just leave it there forever. Yeah. <laughs> And to be fair, you've inspired me. I might grab, uh, might grab some relatively uh, low gain, transparency drives and see, see what I can get out of them. See if I can get some some decent kind of preampy tones. The 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 thing I really want to try, and I, I still don't have my pedal board because it's not in the town that I live in, and it's illegal to drive to go and get it um, at the moment. I yeah, actually, yeah, like it's classed as. Un, unessential journey and it would cost me a, a hefty fine and probably points on my license so I can't go and get my pedal board but I want to yeah. try the Kossoff drive because I think the Hello Sailor Kossoff probably wouldn't do clean the best but for rock tones I think be hard bearing to in beat, mind yeah. it's, it's, it's a it's a martial on full basically um, I think it'd be perfect but can't try it at the moment it's always uh, always a hardship, isn't it? But we 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 said it last last podcast, and it's it is first world problems. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, I've only got get. these pedals to work from. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm looking at the time we have we have rambled so fucking much, um, and we've got so much to mention. Whilst we've got Yeomans on. Whilst we got whilst we got him on, um, you you started a uh, a little kind of endeavour recently, ain't you? With um, with Chev Tone. Yeah, um, I decided that you know I make a load of I made loads and loads of pedals. Funnily enough, you got me into the pedal building. Um, whether that was a good thing or a bad thing, I'm not too sure yet. <laughs> but um, I found. Got building tadboard stuff really enjoyable. Yeah, uh, and I was seeing all the hello sail effects and stuff, and uh, speaking to Joe quite a lot really got me into it. So I've, I built quite a few for myself, and they all seem to go worryingly well. <laughs> <laughs> I've never really touched wood; haven't really had any too many mishaps. So, but I thought. There seems to be kind of like a gap in the market for fully hand-built from start to finish, like tag-poured pedals, but on a more affordable and kind of like production style. Yeah. Because um, obviously you've got Joe at Hello Sailor that does absolutely amazing pedals, but every single pedal he does is one-off. Yeah, it's very bespoke, is fact- isn't it? Yeah, which is a fantastic thing, um, and he uses all kinds of 
crazy vintage components that he spends a lot of time and a lot of effort um, finding and sourcing and testing. Um, but so I thought, you know, I'll give a, give it a go and build some tag board pedals and try and get them into a smaller enclosure, but try and use this as many of the same components in as many circuits as I can to try and keep the cost down. Yeah. Um, and keep it, keep it kind of a uniformity to it as well. Yeah. Um, so it's something I can pretty much always replicate. Um, so yeah, I've, I've decided I'd just try and, you know, make a small batch of pedals. Um, I've got three at the moment, which will be coming out hopefully in the next month or so. Um, I've got the, so there's two types, but there's two types, but then there's two versions of the same pedal. So I've got the Messiah Messiah drive, which is, I've got, uh, the single channel low gain, which is almost like a, a cranked, uh, plexi, um, with a little bit quite, I'd say it's got quite a bit of clarity as well. Yeah. So it just doesn't sound like a properly cranked plexi all of the time. Um, and it, you know, you can turn the gain down and it's got a really nice range of gain tones, uh, two band EQ. And then I've got the, um, other Messiah, which is on a toggle switch and it's like a, a standard plexi. And then it's got like the modded switch, which is, well, you've yeah, witnessed yeah. it. It's ridiculous. It is. Um, <laughs> Uh, I've tried to get the volume unity as close as I can, but running a lot more gain, you know, extra volume is just, is just something that, yeah, that just happens. Course, isn't it? Um, and that it's great. Cause it could, it, it's so versatile cause it can do like if the dual pedal, it can do like really like cranky kind of Paul Kossoffy, um, like pagey type tones. And then with the flick of the switch, you've got dirty Gary Moore style, almost like governor style game. Um, So he can almost do kind of like eighties hair metal type JCM 800 style drive, um, which is quite a nice thing to have. Um, And then I've got the honey burst, which is my, my take on a unbuffered tube screamer. Um, which is, uh, it's got a toggle switch to select between, um, silicon and germanium diodes. Uh, and again, that's a great pedal cause it, it's, it's quite transparent. Um, and doesn't, it doesn't color your tone too much and you can have a nice low gain. It's not as mid humpy as a normal tube screamer. Yeah. Uh, but you know, there's a hell of a lot of gain on tap if you wanted it to, but it cleans up really, really nicely. Um, so those are the type, those are the, um, first two top pedals I'm going to, I'm going to bring out. Um, the next one's going to be another Messiah, but I'm going to go through for a bigger enclosure with three stomps. So the high gain and low gain will be foot switchable. Yeah. And then I'm going to have some type of MOSFET boost, which will be switchable between pre and post boost. So, which I think would be quite a nice 
thing. So I basically have three versions of the Messiah and you can just chip, pick and choose which one you want. So if you just want a nice low gain, Plexi style as one. If you've got one that you don't think you'll be using both types of drive all the time, you can just have the cheaper one with a toggle and yeah. then you can go balls out and have have one with a pre and post boost as well, which would be quite nice. Yeah, so, but the whole the whole thing was kind of making hand-built pedals with a mixture between, like I use normal um, normal carbon film resistors, but every single resistor I use is tested to make sure that it is the value I want. I don't just pick a resistor out and throw it in. Same with the capacitors. Uh, all the capacitors I use are either really good quality new um new capacitors or Russian uh, paper and oil military stuff, yeah, which yeah. are all, always really good. Um, I mean, they're fantastic for audio stuff. And they cost a fortune, mainly because you have to ship them in from Russia or um, Kiev or wherever, wherever these places are. Yeah. Um, so it's not something to make a lot of money off, but I thought I'd just give it a go. And fantastically, with the, with the help of Joe, a hello sailor, and Alex Zander effects as well, uh, you know they've helped me out and putting me in the kind of right direction to to where to start. Yeah, I mean Alex has done Alex has done an absolutely fantastic job with the artwork. Yeah, um, he's, he's, he's teased some of that, hasn't he, on his uh, on his socials recently? Yeah. Uh, he did a little gif. He did a little gif of the Chevto thing, and he it just did, made yeah. me happy. Yeah, it just like wicked. a simple little thing, and it just made me chuckle to myself. Yeah, and it's like um, you know, almost makes me look professional. It does. It <laughs> um, does. It's a, it's a it's a fantastic logo, and it it gets across. Uh, it gets across your your loves of like that yeah. kind of that seventies vintage kind of not only the. Um, the guitar tones, but like the the automotive side as well. Yeah, yeah. So um, basically, the name comes from my nickname at work is Chevy because I I love Vauxhall Chevettes and I've owned Vauxhall Chevette. And for some reason, he went. I've they just started calling me Chevy. And then you 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 try and look at. It's really difficult to come up with a pedal name, company name, because. <laughs> yeah. You know, you, you say to me, oh, that sounds really good. And then it just sounds like you're trying to copy someone else. So like, originally I was going to say, I was going to do some like Chev effects, but then I don't want to be like, well, oh, you just sound like Tate effects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which okay. is like, you know, so it's, it's, it's really difficult. And I thought Chev tone, especially when Alex come up with the, with the logo, I just thought it rolls off the tongue nicely. Um, and Aesthetically, it's quite a, a nice, a, a pleasing logo. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm hoping. I'm ho- I'm just waiting for a few more parts to turn up, and then I'm hoping I'll probably make a batch of maybe five or six of each to start with. Yeah. See how we get on. Um, I've still got to do all the social media side of it, but I don't want. To, I don't want to make loads of social media stuff until I've got a good amount of pedals built already. Yeah, yeah, so that um, you can hit the ground running rather than rather than getting all the socials done, getting the hype up about it, and then go, oh, but it'll be another six weeks until you until anything's coming in. 
Yeah, because that seems to be the, the fashion of doing things like that. It seems to be like the GoFundMe stuff where they don't actually have the product and then the product comes in you know, six months later after they've got people to give them a load of money for something. Yeah. Um, and then they make a load of social media or something for a product that doesn't actually exist. Yeah, yeah, and, um, like the pre-order and for culture. me, it's a little bit like, yeah, it's, it, I just think if I can have, I mean, I'm not expecting them to sell, but it's better to have them built and sat there rather than someone go, okay, I want one, and they go, okay, it'll be two weeks because I've got nothing built yet. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I'm just waiting for a few more things to come in, and I'm, I'm just... I'm just really happy with how everything's gone at the moment. Yeah. You know, even silly things like I had some more stickers through the post today that I'm going to use for either as a freebie in the box or to use on the front of the box. I'm not too sure yet. Yeah. And it's just, it's just silly little things like that that you look at it and it just makes you, just makes you giggle. Um, I drilled the first load of enclosures today with the vinyls on and it's ridiculous how different they look between being undrilled and drilled when you drill them up and it actually looks like a pedal yeah it's starting and to look like can, a product yeah, it's now, starting to it? look like a, it's starting to look like a product um but i'm just waiting for the epoxy to turn up and a few more capacitors and stuff like that and then i can just bang on and make make a load of um make a load of them then and then and then see what happens uh and then yeah, hope, hopefully you know, if some people like them, if they don't, I'll have a load of pedals for myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I'll start dishing yeah. them out to the Freck Talk guys. That's um, it. I mean, the, the, this it's, is it's a... worth, I thought it would be worth the punt, you know, for what it for what it's going to cost me. Yeah. You know, it, it's what, what I'd like to happen is it for it to kind of start paying for itself, kind of, and then it allows me to go out and buy pedals from other fantastic British builders. Yeah. Um, you know, guys like 4P and Stuart, Tate, Tate FX and guys like that. Because at the moment, I don't have that kind of disposable income after spending so much money last year on gear. <laughs> I don't, I don't, um, I don't really have the spare kind of cash. So I thought if I can do that and then it literally just feed my kind of buying of the, buying of the crap, basically. <laughs> yeah. Buying stuff that I don't need but want. Yeah. I think, it's it's uh it's awesome that that's kind of your goal for it. It's you're not you're not out there for it to be making a quick book. You you want to be pumping it back into the community and 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 using that to then. It's almost <laughs> it sounds like an excuse that you'd give to the wife, but it's almost research <laughs> then, isn't it? It's seeing yeah, it seeing, seeing what's out there and kind of what these guys are doing and and how your how that can inform your practice of making your stuff a little yeah. different and a little a little better and constant um constantly refreshing your ideas and whatnot yeah definitely because like i was saying before the cast you know i'm a big fan of simple circuits but yeah simple circuits that work well yeah um i mean a lot of my stuff's going to be, well, the, the Messiah and the, the Honey Burst, they got, they're unbuffered. And mm. you do get, naturally, you get extra noise, especially in high-gain pedals. But you do get a little bit of squealing or oscillation without those buffers assisting the, in the imp, uh, impedance. 
Yeah. Uh, but obviously, it's, it's it's fantastic finding speaking to those guys and finding out what's the best way to actually put to physically adapt the circuit instead of putting a buffer in it to yeah. technically mask the problem. Yeah. You know, working working out the circuit to find out what I can do to help that along so it doesn't actually do it because there's a lot of pedals out there that do get pumped Ooh. out by factories that do squeal at, at full gain because that's just the, what they do and it's just inherent. Yeah, it's in, part in of the circuit. design, isn't it? It's, yeah. It's, um, it's an idiosyncrasy with, with certain parts that if you push them past X point, then yeah. they will they will end up causing oscillations and feedback and whatnot. Yeah, but I, I for me, like I can't put a product out there yeah. that is like that. Yeah, you've got a you you share the uh, a similar work ethic uh, with with Stuart and and Adrian, where you're putting your name to something. You want it to be you want it to be the best possible quality that you can. You've got yeah. that pride of you've got that w- pride of your work, yeah. And yeah. Sw- swinging back to the um, how you was mentioning how like the um, you you individually testing the component values and testing each each component to be within that tolerance. And if you've got the cir- like circuits that have got fewer parts, those component values mean so much more. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely, and it's amazing how much extra time it puts in. I mean, I could easily just put metal film uh, resistors and everything. Yeah, yeah. And it'd probably be fine. Yeah. And you probably wouldn't hear a difference. But I personally find, I mean, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of conspiracies out there and, you know, some people say one thing and some people say it makes a difference. But for me, um, I've built A and B of the same circuit one with metal film and one with carbon film. And I believe that carbon film is a, does sound better, at least in the circuits that I am making. Yeah. You know, some people prefer metal film down to reliability. They get more parts for their money. Um, you know, there's so many resistors that I'm not using, which no doubt will trickle down to you. (laughs) Get a load of free stuff. Just, just just because I'm like, you know, I'm just not really happy that it's not sitting within the tolerance I want. It, I want it to sit in. Yeah, um, and it adds so much time into your into your build, which is another reason why people use metal film is because yeah. you know instead of just getting a resistor out the packet, soldering it out the packet, soldering it. You know, I'm taking it out, setting my multimeter, testing it, and soldering it. In, take the next one out at exactly the same value, testing it again before I put it in. You know, and once you, once you've put a couple of resistors in. You've you've put so much more time, man hours into the circuit that yeah. you'll never be able to you never be able to charge for that. But that's just a peace of mind for me that the next circuit I build, so the next Messiah that I build, will sound ninety nine percent the same as the other one. You're always going to have some kind of variance because of the because of the type of components I'm using. But yeah. if I can get it to sound ninety nine percent the same. I'm happy. Yeah, getting the consistency um, and the reliability in there. Yeah, and, and that's that's a, a bonus for the, testing each individual component as well. It means the failure rates for your pedals are just going to be not not even there because you're testing 
testing so much of the circuit already that there's yeah. there's not going to be weak links in the in the chain. Yeah, and it's all. I mean, it's little things as well, like you know, learning again, learning a lot of stuff off guys like Alex and and Stu that you know, I've gone from using the slightly cheaper input uh, uh, jack sockets, yeah, to only using new trick stuff because yeah. I know it's good and I know it's not going to fail. Yeah, they are double the price, but you know that difference in margin is not worth a pedal coming back to you. You know, and someone chart, and someone saying oh, pedals failed. Here's a fiver for you. You know, you need to pay a fiver for postage. By the time I've someone I've sent the pedals to someone for the second time, it's taken yeah. out that that save that uh, margin of, of yeah, um, yeah. cost cutting. So, and I've, you know, the big thing is is little things like that, like you know, spending the extra eighty p per jack socket or yeah. the extra. One pound twenty-five or whatever it is extra for the better foot switch. Yeah, you know, um, I'm not going out and buying a NASA approved switches and stuff, but I'm using stuff that everyone else uses from reputable sources and paying the paying the money for the good parts. Yeah, and I think that's hopefully going to be the difference. Um, you know, I'm just a guy that still builds them on the kitchen side and using whatever you know whatever time i've got if i get up early in the morning i build them. if i get home from work but spend a bit of time weekends annoy the wife by leaving her in the living room on her own for hours um <laughs> you know and I, again as i won't make a lot of money off it but if i can put that money back into other uk builders by building buying their products yeah that's good enough for me and if people like the stuff that's good enough for me as well yeah, seeing them so, on boards, I think is the uh, is the big one. Uh, Joe does it all the time, and he's he's constantly on his uh, on his Instagram. He's sharing people with Hello Sailor stuff on their board because it's just yeah. it's a badge of honor for him saying like my stuff is is cherished and loved by these people so much that they're willing to stand by it every time they gig or every time they're recording. Yeah, and definitely. That uh, that is that's pretty much where you want to be, isn't it? Um, yeah. I mean, what 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 else have we got to say this week? To be honest, I mean, we've got we've got shit loads, but we are coming up to <laughs> we're coming up to like an hour and twenty already. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, so, um, I, I want to wrap us up by kind of mentioning some of the things that. Um, I've seen out there this week because, uh, in fact, over the the last couple of weeks, um, so there's there's been, uh, been a couple of people on uh, on social media like YouTube and Instagram, mainly Instagram. If I'm if, if I'm honest, that's where I've been kind of looking to the stuff to entertain me. Um, and funny you should mention Stuart actually because I think it was last Saturday. He did a live, um, like he was wiring uh, a raise the dead uh, on on Instagram. He was doing like a live feed of wiring, uh, wiring raise the dead on Instagram and showing like walking through his process. You were talking about how you do your stuff in the on the kitchen side, and he was literally like in his uh, um, loft or something doing <laughs> this. I don't know exactly where it was, but he was. It, it's a very similar situation. Uh, he he does those quite often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
the problem I have is my house is tiny and we have more stuff than we can fit in a two bedroom house. So <laughs> I'm literally like, I don't have like, I don't, the living room is for being a living room. There's no table in there or nothing. I'm literally standing in my kitchen next to my kettle and next to my microwave soldering <laughs> these. Like, like I'm always conscious of like making a sandwich and then finding a fucking component leg on the bottom of my bread or something. <laughs> And I'm like so, like wiping the sides down like crazy all the time, and it, it's difficult. And that won't change. I mean, like you know, there's no no amount of pedals I can sell that make me buy a bigger house. That's <laughs> it. Well, it depends, man. So like, that is, you know, from, get, uh, get boss big, I mean, and then you'll. Uh, well, yeah, I suppose it. I can. I suppose technically it is the tone kitchen, <laughs> um, but you know. It would, it does. I get a bit of back pain bending over so much, but it's fine. Oh yeah, sell sell a couple of them and get yourself a get yourself like a bar stool to sit on. Yeah, there you go. That, you just squiggle that, around. That'll be no how you know you've made it. Yeah, when you get a dedicated <laughs> soldering chair. That's it. Yeah. Or when you build yourself a little soldering um, fume fan like Stuart did. Yeah, <laughs> I think he brought one. It's, and I'm just like I'm in. I mean, the solder I'm using is from the seventies, so it's like my granddad gave it to me because he used to repair tellies and stuff years ago. And I'm inhaling that stuff, so it's probably taking years. Of, per pedal is taking years off my life. So you need to factor um, that into the uh, the pedal cost as well. Yeah, true seventies vintage solder tones. That's it. But um, but yeah, it's uh, it's all good fun. Indeed. Um, so yeah, I mean, we've had over the past uh, past couple of weeks, we've had uh, we had a, a live stream from Stuart, but there's been some constant uh, constant stuff. So um, the main man I've been going to has been doing daily daily stuff. Is HB Guitar on um, on Instagram, and I think Guitar has got two R's. Um, if you if you click, uh, click on my Instagram, you'll find through through a couple of them. I've got links through to his page, and he's been doing doing something which he does like a, a morning chat. It's been like ten fifteen minutes called uh, called coffee and chat, where he basically does like he'll he'll have a little bit of a, a chat about something. Uh, and he mentions in like the first or second one that he's he, he'd usually be doing it in his little music room, but his his uh, his missus has commandeered that as a as her office uh, during <laughs> during the quarantine. So he's doing it on the sofa a lot of the time. Um, but the one thing he did was um, he did this. The, I think the second or third one, the coffee coffee and chat, was where he showed his uh, his go to guitar. And went through all the all of the look on like little mods that he did with it, and that's been kind of trending amongst a, a lot of the guitar cartel guys like uh, Everything Joseph. Uh, we got Maybury Guitars doing it. We got uh, Dave Rage, a, a bunch of these people. JSA even did this as well, which was the coffee and guitar chat. Um, which is, I, I think, I've got to do it as well. So, I've, but I've been told. <laughs> Been told by uh, by Alex that I'm not allowed to do it on the uh, the Variax, uh, <laughs> even though it is possibly my most used guitar at the moment. Um, so I've got to I've got to choose a guitar 
uh, to do a little coffee and coffee and chat about. Um, ooh, so just... I, I've been watching all of the the JSA ones. I've watched some of the some of the other guys who've done them. Yeah. The the best thing about this whole trend, by the way, is nobody's fucking playing anything. They're just talking about stuff, and yeah. I've watched more guitar-based social media stuff in the last five days than I've watched in the rest of the calendar year because I'm sorry, but I don't care about what stuff sounds like through Facebook compression or through Instagram compression or through YouTube compression because it's not a global representation. If you're telling me about the product and telling me about what it sounds like through your rig and how you've come to like with with JSA he's telling you how he came to the circuits that he that he's got in some of the pedals, which I find incredible. Like I I, I took the plunge and bought some some kits to try and solder my first pedal. Um which I'll talk about when they arrive and I inevitably fuck them up. But um, <laughs> <laughs> like uh, yeah, he he's going through and just telling you how he how he started out with whatever he did and manipulated it to get to the way where he's now building them this way and this is why he's building them this way and this is how it's different to whatever it's initially based on. I just yeah. find it really interesting. Yeah, I've been absolutely loving the uh, the JSA chats. Uh, I've missed today's one because the last one he done was the hot toddy, but he did the ampler drive, drive today. Drive, yeah. Yeah, uh, am- ample drive. Yeah, not amply drive. Um, and I've missed that one, so I need to catch up on that. Um, but I, I've been following that um, almost religiously, and it's. I think it, it's a really it's a really interesting conversation topic. If you're uh, if you're that way inclined, if you're a guitarist and you kind of want to, it, it, it's like uh, getting nerdy, but without without having to have that. Uh, that inbuilt kind of nerdy knowledge because Simon is a really, really good, uh, a really good storyteller with this kind of stuff. He's like a really, uh, really interesting chap. Um, and like we've had him on the podcast a few times and he's, I just love chatting with Simon because he's just so, he, he's just, he's just an absolute dude to chat to. Um, and it comes across really well in these things. And I tell him, I know every one of the, the videos or pop it and then just go like absolute highlight of the day this is because it's just it is just so so good um so yeah i've been catching up on them as well uh um yeah there's 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 been quite a few shit covers haven't there um <laughs> floating about recently uh but one thing that again has, has really made me smile um across this and it's been in our podcast group is uh, Ollie Miles of Ollie Miles Music Fame um, has been posting like a solo a day, um, and I don't know how he's doing it. It must. It's there's some voodoo trickery involved. I think he might have. Um, do you did you ever watch Bernard's Watch as a child? Yeah, on BBC or ITV. Yeah, really, yeah. really shit. Uh, like <laughs> it was really, really just poorly acted and poorly recorded. Um, the concept was brilliant and the kid was an absolute nerd because it was essentially like an old stopwatch but whenever he pressed the watch it would stop time and we all know what we'd get up to if that were the case i'm <laughs> yeah, not this, even going kid didn't i'm not even going to mention because it, it's it's nefarious and it is it's wrong um but 
you're lying to yourself if you're saying you wouldn't go there. Um, <laughs> but this this little nerd Bernard just uses it to oh like I'll I'll, I'll cheat at football because he's he's like the goalie and now like, he presses the watch when someone kicks the ball and he just like steps sideways a bit so that he he can catch the ball. No, 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 like. <laughs> But I'm imagining Ollie's got some some kind of situation with Bernard's watch going on at the moment where he's like cramming 12 hours worth of playing into a day. Maybe he is. Maybe he's, he's putting that time in. I reckon it's voodoo. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, he's doing like a, he's doing a solo a day. And like sometimes it's guitar licks and riffs and sometimes it's it's like classic solos. Uh, and he's, he's absolutely knocking them out of the park. And... His tone is pretty much always on point. Um, so, yeah. He's using the helix as well, isn't he? Yeah. Not helping. It's really not helping. <laughs> oh, I still want one. Get one then. Stop telling me you want one and just buy one. Probably should get one, shouldn't I? Now is the perfect time because then you'll be able to figure out how to fucking use it. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I'd know how to use it, but now is not the perfect time for... It is a, a lockdown situation where we are at home a lot more and food bills have gone up because <laughs> we're eating like three times a day. But what would you rather, bigger stomach at the end of this or a helix? Uh, I mean, I'd, I'd not like a bigger stomach. I'll, 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 I'll have to admit that. But that's it's going to be the case. <laughs> oh, it absolutely is. Like... Everything's gone to the wall. I reckon I was on the way to finally sorting my life out before this happens, and now I've probably put back all the weight I'd lost and a bit more. Uh, yeah, it's it's fully an excuse for everything to go to shit, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> the entire world is going to shit, so like a couple of extra pounds is the least of our worries. <laughs> I reckon it's going to... Like, by the time we all come out of this, it's going to be like um, the end of Wally. <laughs> But nobody's got one of the floating chairs. No, we're all just <laughs> we're all going to have to around on the floor outside. Like the episode of The Simpsons where Homer Simpson wants to work from home, and he ends up having to get like a a fat man wand for the phone. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember that episode. Absolutely quality. Oh, but that, fantastic episode. That is yeah. pretty much where my life is headed at the moment. Your fingers are too fat to die. <laughs> yeah, mash the keypad. <laughs> oh, the, like The Simpsons. Oh, as much as much shit as it gets, The Simpsons is quality. Like there's was, some was quality. Was uh, quality. To be fair, I've seen some some of the more recent Simpsons is Simpsi. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a, a grammatical um, <laughs> thing that I am not even going to tackle now. Sim <laughs> Simpsons um, episodes of The Simpsons. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Plural. <laughs> Pluralizing the Simpsons. Um, they are good. They are still good. I mean, they are solidly written. There are stupid jokes that are just that that make you laugh. And there's some there's some clever stuff in there as well. Um, which so it it's still got its uh, it's still got its charm. The Simpsons is still it's still it is still legit. Like I am Team Simpsons, um, and 
I think, I think with the fact that I am now championing the Simpsons, it's probably time to go, isn't it? <laughs> um, we, I mean, we've moved away from <laughs> yeah, where we, we were. We, yeah, we've yeah. But, I mean, we, there's like a core of on-topicness, which we were there for a, a good solid twenty minutes through this entire. Which cast. is good for us. Yeah. So thank you, Yeomans. You have uh, you have pulled us <laughs> onto pulled us onto the uh, the area of of on-topicness. Um. Yeah, so to wrap this podcast up, what we usually do is mention the Patreon uh Patreon backers, of which you are one of them, aren't you, Mr uh Mr. Yeomans? I am indeed. You are. You are one of our official patronizers. Uh mm. so for as little as two dollars a month, you can get your name read out on the podcast. You can support this podcast and <laughs> occasionally you can be on the podcast. Apparently that's the case. Um, you know what? Yeah, I'm fine with that. I'll I'll get on some more patronizers every so often. Uh, that'll be cool. Um, so we've got you, you're gonna get an official share out as well. You are gonna get an official share because you paid for this. It's, it's a business <laughs> transaction. Yeah, it's a business transaction. Uh, so Bimson beat you to the post. He was the first one, Andrea Bimson. Then Mister Yeomans was the second. Uh, second person ever to sign up for the, the Patreon. Then we've got Doug Christ. Um we've got can I do this without the list? Can I bollocks? Uh then I've got Joe Richardson of Everything Joseph Fame, who has done a coffee and chat and he done one today. <laughs> he done like a follow up about um how we don't all really need gear. Um and I told him to delete it straight away. What's, what's that? What what use is that to the guitar social media forums? Um, no, to be fair, he, does, he, he has a real. Is this point. the same everything Joseph that's got the biggest pedal board I have ever possibly seen? Yeah, um, his pedal. His He's pedal, got like three three like heights to his pedal board. It, yep, it is made out <laughs> of girders because it it needs that much strength. Um, so yeah, we got. Uh, Everything Joseph, Joe, um, Max, John Gibbons of the Wild podcast. Their shit was hilarious this week. Needs to be needs to be listened. If you don't listen, go ahead. And we have got Mr. Hugh G. Rection. Uh, um, I'm, again, I'm feeling the the Simpsons bar gag here. Do we have a Hugh G. Rection? I've got a Hugh G. Rection in my hand. Anyone for a Hugh G. Rection? <laughs> Matt is loving that. Um, it's just it's like it just reminds me of uh, a school assembly we had where the the teachers didn't realise that the laptops had, that they were doing the presentation on had Bluetooth. So people used to connect to the Bluetooth, and on the screen you just get Hugh Rection is connecting to your PC on the on the on the screen and the teacher was looking forwards with this this behind them completely oblivious and everyone's laughing at them and it was hilarious it's one of my favourite gags of all time indeed absolutely um, so if you if that is the kind of highbrow comedy that you you wish to have in your life head over to Facebook where you can get on get as part of the Fret Talk podcast group um, like I say uh, Ollie Miles is, is posting a video a day uh, guitar challenge so you can you can listen to that and go oh that's a nice solo you can also curse at him and go oh damn you with your free time 
<laughs> um, either way, everyone's happy. Um, if you want to find me, it's uh, Budget Pedal Chap, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. Um, no talk or tone every week, pretty much. Although uh, the one, <laughs> the one that should be coming out this Friday has not been recorded yet. <laughs> I need, need to pull my finger out because I know I definitely can't do it tomorrow night because I'm live streaming on on that as well. Apparently, um, <laughs> so it's going to be cutting it fine. Um, and Matt, you are heel underscore Matt Q at pretty much everything beginning with twa. Yeah, uh, Twitch, all Twitter, Twinstagram, all of them, all of the twas. The the tw- twa bad bookers podcast. <laughs> There you go. Um, yeah, so that's us for the week, pretty much. Um, so, from your host, Mr. Budget Pedal Chap, from Mr. Matt Quine, say bye, Matt. Bye, Matt. And from Adam Yeomans of Chef Tone Effects. Bye, bye. That feels official, doesn't it? It does a bit, yeah. It does. A bit too official. Yeah, it's scary. I think you also, <laughs> when you're doing his name on Patreon, need to. Say Adam Yeomans of Chevron Effects. Of Effects, well. yeah. Yeah, you've, getting a, you've got an upgrade now. They're free of charge. Um, so it will be a tatty boy and good night for this week. Ta ra, Bye. Bye. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, Dr. Nick. Did you know that uh, French fries weren't originally uh, cooked in France? Go on. They were cooked in Greece. <laughs> <laughs> That's making the end of the podcast right there, that is. <laughs>